Thank you for joining us today for TEDCO Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join TEDCO CEO, Troy Lamel Stovall, in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Troy is joined by Dr. Phil Singerman, TEDCO's first executive director. Listen now to learn more about Phil and the role he plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial community. Hope everybody's having a great, great day and I had a great week. Uh, my name is Troy Lamel Stovall. I'm the chief executive officer and executive director of Maryland TEDCO. Uh, I am so, so happy today to have someone who, um, who represents the definition of servant leadership, has served the state of Maryland and, and the nation in, in many ways, and, um, and, and be at a personal level, has become a, a guidepost and, and a mentor uh, in, in my early days here at TEDCO. And, and, and all of that to introduce Dr. Phil Singerman, who was the very first executive director uh, for TEDCO. So we're gonna spend some time, as I told him already, bouncing down memory lane. But Phil, thank you for, for, for joining us today. My pleasure. Delighted. Thank you, Troy. And Thank congratulations you. on your appointment. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep seeing if, if I can see being congratulated or not. You'll tell me if I can congratulated or not. Um, Phil, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, and you're in a wonderful, wonderful journey. And, and I know we could spend all day, but just give folks a sense of kind of your journey. And, and, and I got to, you know, uh, obviously look at you know, your background and we've talked about it. But I got to say, congratulations. You've got a lot of awards, but one of these, I, you know, you recently were inducted into the, uh, the fellow of the National Academy of Public Administration. I mean, to me, that's a testament of, of your, your journey and, and, and the role that you've played uh, for the nation and for Maryland. So thank you for that. But once you give folks a little sense of what, you, what you've done. So th thanks. Thanks. That's very kind of you, Troy. I'm really delighted to be, um, to be, to be talking with you today. Um, uh, so my career has been in public administration for four decades at the uh, local, uh, state, and federal levels. Um, I, in Pennsylvania, I was the first director of a program called the Ben Franklin Partnership, which is a local nonprofit uh, public instrumentality, very similar to TEDCO. Uh, in the late 90s, I served as U.S. Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Economic Development under Bill Clinton and Ron Brown, and I was the head of the Economic Development Administration. And after that, I was, um, I was asked to join this brand new organization, the Maryland Technology Development Corporation. And I started with a desk in the DBED's office in Baltimore <laughs> and a part-time secretary and a piece of paper that was our legislation and um, a $500,000 seed grant from uh, then Secretary Mike Lewin to start the organization. That's great. And so that's... That's how I got to uh, to Tedco, and I was uh, it was it's it was a fabulous opportunity, and and um, I, I really look back on the, that time, and still with with great um, great fondness. Um, we had a great board. Uh, Bev Byron, who was uh, then a former member of Congress from Western Maryland, was the chair. I mentioned Mike Lewin, Bill Hanna, who was on the Montgomery County Council, was a member of the board. Bill Dessler, who was the head of graduate programs at College Park on the board, Gene Deloach, who was a Dean of Engineering at, uh, at Morgan State. So it was a terrific, a terrific board. And um, we, uh, we, we launched, uh, we launched this, uh, this new organization. So uh, 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 subsequent to that, um, I ha had a variety of positions, but most recently uh, 
I stepped down from the National Institute of Standards and Technology, mm -hmm. uh, NIST, uh, after 10 years as the Associate Director for Innovation and Industry Services. And in that capacity, I was able to re-engage and support the TEDCO's programs again. I was delighted for that. And now you're working with our friend Ben Wu, who was our first uh, person here on TEDCO Talks, and you work with Ben as, a, as an advisor, correct? That's correct, on, on federal engagement and technology transfer and commercialization. So I'm continuing, you know, continuing to, to serve in my, uh, in, my, in, my, in my swim lane. I'm delighted. <laughs> so you, one of the things you, again, you taught me so much, but one of the things that, because of my love for history, you, you taught me about the, the initial connection of TEDCO to Western Maryland. And, yeah. and, and the, how Western Maryland had such a strong leadership. Why don't you let folks know a little bit more about that? Right, so, so we, um, we made a number of kind of strategic decisions uh, at the beginning of the at, the, at the start of the organization. The question was, where could we, where could we provide value? And so we, we, we adopted a number of you know, organizing principles. One is that we would maintain a small staff footprint and we would work with partners. Uh, we would uh, take advantage of the federal facilities in the state. Mm -hmm. uh, we would build upon the business incubation network, which existed then and continues to exist. And we also decided that Montgomery County, Howard County, Anne Arundel County, those, those, those places, given our modest resources at the time, um, we, we, there was not a lot that we could do there, but we could do a lot in rural Maryland, Western Maryland, Southern Maryland, the Eastern Shore, and uh, urban Maryland, the city of Baltimore. So that's, um, that was an, a, a very early focus. And um, I'm pleased to see that the Rural Business Innovation Initiative continues. To, I mean, that's a, that's a program that, you know, that the, the, the germ was 20 years ago. And so... That's, that's continued. And I think it's uh, really, uh, the organization has continued to make a major contribution in those areas. And uh, it has uh, brought great, great support to the organization as well as it should. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it's a really small budget in, in terms of the size of it at, at TEDCO, even to this day. But their, their, uh, their impact out is, is far, you know, in a multiple effects. And just so you know, just uh, in the last few days from this taping, uh, I spoke to representatives from a number of groups in Western Maryland, and then I also spoke to a number of groups uh, in the on the Upper Shore region, yep. uh, just to stay, you know, even in this COVID environment, staying connected and, and continuing a lot of the work that, that you did. So, you, Phil, you, you, you had a couple of things in there I, I, we could touch on, but let's let's start with the, the federal labs, right, mm -hmm. the federal labs piece, because um, clearly you've worked at a federal labs, and, you know, it's, right. you, you know better than anybody that's about to make is that, you know, Maryland has more federal assets than, than anybody, than any other state. I mean, but we haven't really leveraged them in, in, in the ways that many other states have, have leveraged them. So talk to me about kind of how you see kind of go forward. I don't know if you know, we just hired a, a, young, a new person in our federal, yeah. federal Kim Mazingo, who I think you know. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about how the role the federal labs have to play in trying to driving this innovation culture for Maryland. So Maryland's distinctive competitive advantage is the density and diversity of the federal research institutions in the state that go from Aberdeen, the Army in the Northeast, mm -hmm. to the Navy in Southern Maryland, uh, Frederick NCI in, uh, in Western Maryland, uh, and of course the density in, um, 
in Anne Arundel and Montgomery County. Uh, and so this is, this is a major source of strength for the, uh, for the state. Uh, and we, uh, it's always been a focus. It was one of the areas of focus at the very beginning of TEDCO. You know, how can we take advantage of the, the, the technology and the talent that resides in these institutions? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so one of the very first areas of, of opportunity for, for TEDCO was to engage robustly with the federal research institutions. So we, we entered into at least a dozen partnership intermediary agreements so that we became enablers and facilitators uh, between the labs and the uh, broader stakeholder community. Uh, we generated federal funding to support that. We supported companies that were licensing technology from the labs and entering into craters. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that, um, that you've continued. And I know that you're very interested in um, uh, enhancing that now, which I think is, you know, is, 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 is quite smart. The other, the other area that we did not focus on then, but you have focused on more, more recently is um, the talent that resides in okay. our federal research institutions. And certainly in terms of um, entrepreneurial opportunities, I, um, I would, or assets, I would point to the, the thousands of uh, postdocs and graduate students okay. that work in our federal research institutions and our universities as well. Okay. Uh, and and uh, this this uh, past October, uh, TEDCO and NIST and uh, Montgomery County partnered to convene a uh, a networking opportunities conference for postdocs. A similar event is being planned for May with the National Institutes of Health. Uh, TEDCO has uh, NIST funded TEDCO to run a program that would provide funding and technical assistance to postdocs who are leaving this to want to start a company. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a program that we're, we at the Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation are looking at to both expand and deepen. Uh, so there's, there's a real opportunity there for, for engaging with, um, with uh, the, that, that community. To go back to the technology issue, um, just, just this week, uh, you um, you were one of the principal sponsors of a webinar informing the stakeholder community of legislative proposals and regulatory reforms that would improve the ability of companies and uh, other and organ- nonprofit organizations to work with federal research institutions uh, in tech transfer. Yep. And I think that's a that's a, a major opportunity because to the extent that we make it easier for companies to work with federal research institutions like NIST, like NIH, like NASA, then that will disproportionately benefit Maryland because of the proximity and density of those organizations in the state. So that's an area where you as this, you, you are uniquely the state leader uh, in, that, in, that, in that space. And so I think you're, your role, um, your, your your awareness and leadership in that area is really is really critical, and I think very promising for us. No, I couldn't agree more. In the, in talking to Kim again, who just who just joined us this this week of, of this, um, we talked about the idea, Phil, of being able to you know 
you know, so many times we talk about how do we get stuff out of the labs? Maybe we need to first think about how do we get beyond into the gate and behind the gate first? Right. Uh, and because, you know, the, the, and, and how to help them then bring it out of the gate as opposed to sitting outside the gate and trying to make it, trying to pull it out. Right. And, that's right. And, that's right. And, and so, and so, so she's very excited about looking at this a little right. differently. Uh, and so you're right. Um, if, if we can harness that, because if you look at other, you know, this other states that have really harnessed the, their, their state's uh, uh, federal lab resources, you have things like in California and like in Massachusetts. And there's no reason we can't do that here in Maryland. Right. And, and that's an interesting point. So I actually dis- disagree a little bit. I don't think it, very many states have um, done a lot creatively to work with their labs. Some have. Um, uh, where there are densities of labs, like in California, they've, they've done more. Uh, in Massachusetts, uh, they've put in a fair amount of money mm-hmm. into engaging with uh, federal research institutions, particularly the Manufacturing Innovation Institutes. And in Pennsylvania, historically, over the past 40 years, through the Ben Franklin Program and others, has, has invested significantly greater amounts per capita on these types of activities than Maryland. If I, if I were to fault the state, the state has not has not invested resources um, in, in TEDCO, for example, and, and similar entities proportional to the, its size and the opportunity. And so as a result, we are, I mean, the programs are very good that you have and, and, and that also exist generally, but um, we haven't, we haven't put in the amount of, of support that is needed to really leverage the, the asset that we uniquely have. Don't disagree, man. And, and don't disagree. We can, like, we can spend a lot of time on that. But just to shift just slightly, you mentioned, obviously, your role with Montgomery County uh, now. And uh, Montgomery County clearly is a huge economic engine for, yep. for the state of Maryland. So maybe folks want to, and Ben talked about that, obviously. So not so much about Montgomery County, per se, um, Phil, but more about you know, the counties themselves, right? Yeah. And, and clearly, as you, you kind of talked about, Maryland is really a mix of about four or five regions between Western Maryland and the shore and Southern Maryland and, and the DMV and then Northern Maryland. Right, right. But, but how those counties have to play this role, both com- you know, competitively in some cases, but cooperatively in, in, in many others in order to really enhance this, this innovation culture that you helped begin with the beginnings of Tech Code, I'm trying to continue now. Right, so that's a very, it's a very interesting question. And it's not one that we, um, at the beginning, we thought about very much. The, our, our geographic, we had geographic programs, as you mentioned, Western Maryland, Southern Maryland. And we, we, we really doubled down on the incubators that existed there. And we funded a number of new incubators with capital and we, we supported the entire incubator network with program dollars, both, both state and we were able to, to source federal dollars to, to deploy resources and program activities through the incubator network. But we didn't work directly with the county governments, except, except to the extent to which they were involved, as in Montgomery County, for example, with, or Baltimore with, with, the, the, um, with their incubator facilities. But counties bring very different assets and perspectives to this to this question. So they they have things that TEDCO does not have. They have obviously control over land, they have taxation, they have regulations, they have legislation, they have funding, and all of which affects new business formation and growth. And 
So I think there's a real opportunity for TEDCO to partner with, with the counties, both individually, as we've been doing with Montgomery County, but also with such organizations, you mentioned, you know, the five regions, the Maryland National Capital Region Economic Development Alliance, which mm -hmm. is the six, six counties, uh, suburban counties um, sur surrounding the, the District of Columbia. So I think that's a real opportunity for, for TEDCO and Counties also bring, um, a, you know, they're part of the federal system through the states. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen through the CARES Act, money gets deployed through the state and then through the counties. So Montgomery County is, you know, carrying out, as you are, a number of state-funded state funded programs. So that's, and they have the political, they have the political, they're aligned politically through the, 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 the political parties. And so they can bring, the counties can bring influence, advocacy through the, their, their, their county councils, their state legislative representatives and their congressional delegation to support the goals uh, that, that TEDCO, for example, um, uh, embraces in a, in a way that, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, non, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization such as TEDCO and, and similar cannot. So the counties mm -hmm. can be really strong. It's a coalition of the willing. And you know, I think that uh, that you have an opportunity through the, the kind of the shaping of the programs that you that you uh, that you manage to bring to bring the counties into a closer a closer connection to TEDCO. I appreciate you saying coalition of the willing. <laughs> so folks don't I said a little bit at the beginning. Um, how much Phil has been a guidepost for me. And as much as he's talking to all of you, he's really giving me uh, a lot of great counsel. So in, in that stead, Phil, as you, you, as you think back 22 years and you kind of fast forward, you know, to, to now, um, you know, how do, how do you think about TEDCO, you know, and its evolution over these 22 years? And, and again, like you say, talking to me, and you've kind of given me some of this kind of on myself so you can share the audience kind of what do we have to start to looking towards as we move forward? So thank you for asking that question. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, full disclosure, you know, you, you, you had set me up with these questions. And so I've been, thinking, <laughs> spoiler alert. So I've been thinking about, it. so, um, so what's, what's, so, so I haven't been surprised by Tedco's evolution but I've really been delighted by it. So what, so programs like TEDCO in other states don't survive for 20 years, dramatically. Mm -hmm. During these 20 years, there've been four different governors. Mm -hmm. And in other states, a new governor comes in and he gets rid of the programs that the old governor put into place. But we've had, we've alternated Democratic and Republican governors and TEDCO has maintained its broad support in the legislature. And that's an, TEDCO was originally a legislative initiative and I believe it remains so. That's correct. Um, the, the second, so that's, that's a positive thing and that's a very precious relationship as you know, that has <laughs> to be nurtured. Um, so that's, that's not surprised me, but it's delighted me. The, the other thing that has, delighted me is the, um, the entrusting of additional funding programs by the state to TEDCO. So just as I was leaving in 20, 
2006, mm -hmm. the stem cell research program was, was established. But since then, there have been a number the Maryland Innovation Initiative, Pro Innovation Initiative Program and the Maryland Venture Fund, right. which you know, has provided an enormous, uh, enormous amount of resources for an organization like TEDCO which, uh, to, um, to oversee. Uh, so that's, that's been a really, th those have been two, I think, very positive things. And I would, if I might, I would attribute it to a couple of characteristics of the organization. One is there's been an interesting consistency uh, of, senior, of senior leadership. So um, your lawyer, Ira Schwartz, I think he's still your lawyer. He still is. <laughs> he, he's been there since the beginning. Uh, Dan Ginsill's been there, I think, for uh, 15 years. He's your executive. He's your VP for um, for universities and the head of the stem cell program. Ron Casey, who just stepped down full time, he's still with you, I'm sure. He never <laughs> retires. 20 over 20 years. Um, uh, Stephen Allville, a decade. Um, mm -hmm. Bill Bernard, who's uh, mm -hmm. in, in the Lower Shore. I, I worked with Bill when I was there, so he's been there. I think 15 years. So, and you and you had you've had excellent executive directors in the past, Renee Winsky, John Wasselisson, They they will. So I think the consistency of of senior leadership has been a, a strength a strength of the organization. Um, and I I would I would conclude that that really the model of the um, of the organization the the design that is it's a public instrumentality. It carries out a public purpose mm -hmm. with private private sector perspective. I like that. Yep. You, have, you have a board that's private sector oriented, and they 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 understand the need of to, of focus, of execution. So those are hallmarks of of successful private organizations, and um, the ability of the organization to 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 mirror to mirror that is important while it is both transparent and accountable to its public stakeholders. So both of those, the, both of those attributes of the organization's design are really, are really critical. Um, mm -hmm. So moving forward, if I might, um, you know, in terms of you know, what, what, what challenges or opportunities lie ahead, um, mm -hmm. I would say that, um, as you um, as you lead the organization into its third decade, <laughs> what you're what you will be doing, um, obviously, and this is a national challenge and it's a civic challenge: equity, diversity, and inclusivity. Yep. Uh, this is a, a a hallmark of both the appointments and the policies of the of the new Biden administration. And it is something that I know that you and your management team are very are, are very uh, all in on, and that's that's really that's really important. It's, it's it's reflected in the diversity of your staff. You have a very diverse staff, which is mm -hmm. which is terrific, and that's that's a critical step. But and it's hard for economic development organizations because traditionally they have not focused on issues of equity and diversity. Generally. That is, some organizations are specifically focused on those issues, but more general organizations like TEDCO and Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation have not had those as part of their mission, but now they are. And uh, we all need to, to step up and, uh, and engage with those. So that's, that's, that's a major challenge uh, and opportunity. 
yep. for um, for every organization. It, it was a it was a challenge and opportunity when I was at NIST, uh, and and in 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 all aspects of society. Yeah. So two, you, a lot there, and I and I appreciate again, like I said, the council to me and um, and and for our audience to hear. But you know, two things, two comments. I guess one is. Uh, we really are trying to be feel intentional about leading with our core values uh, and driving and, and everything that we do is, is from those, you know, those core values of, of accountability, um, collaboration, integrity, respect, and stewardship. I mean, that's, that's, that's foundational. Uh, and to the field, we're even trying to get to the point where we're trying to uh, put metrics in place so that we can show that we're actually doing that and, yes. and have our language uh, as we communicate to one another. We can say, if I don't do something or don't live up to something. I can say I didn't, I didn't live up to the values of stewardship or collaboration and how we speak to one another. That's very so good. Uh, just letting you know, that's, that's kind of how we're thinking about it now. And you're, you're dead on about you know, diversity and inclusion and equity. Um, the legislators have made it a very key part of their plank, particularly on the House side, but on both sides. Yes. Yeah. In the House have both made it. Uh, we've had a chance to input into that uh, conversation on the Senate side, uh, Senator Griffiths had a, um, a, a, a workforce on equity and inclusion, and we've got to, uh, to have some commentary on that. And actually, some of our recommendations are included great, great. In, her, in her recommendations from her work group. And then on the House side, uh, we spent some time talking to uh, Speaker Jones and members of the Black Caucus. And so they have an agenda, which we're included in that. Our great. Builder Fund great. is included in that. Great. So, so you laid the groundwork for all of that. And so you're, you're right. And, um, the, the last thing I'll say to that is it's, um, and I've talked to this about some of my previous techo talks, we, we spend a lot of time, when we say the word entrepreneurship, Phil, too many times I think we're just taught, we, 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 we're constantly talking about the founder. When there, there are people who are entrepreneurs who aren't the founders per se, yeah. but they're part of that first part of the team. And, and so part of what we want to do, Phil, is make sure that we're diversifying that team as well, not just talking about the founders. Yeah, how do we make sure that team is diversified and represents all of Maryland? Right. So, and so that's all about the talent pipeline, mm -hmm. and um, which is a broadly accepted bipartisan concept, right? Every no, nobody is opposed to to building the the talent pipeline. So that's that's a positive thing. You know, we can we. We can run with that. We can move with that. Um, and it, uh, you know, we, we, when I was at NIST, we had a, we were developing a mission statement and we were struggling with, um, full we were struggling with the concept of diversity because it, it historically has, some people have put it in negative connotation, but when mm -hmm. we put it in terms of the broadest concept of diversity and that diverse points of view, contribute to a better outcome. There you go. Then that that was the rationale for diversity. There you go. And um, I think that's the rationale in 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 you know one of the rationales for what you're saying and underlies you know the the need and and you know smart entrepreneurs recognize to appeal to the broad the country and the world which is a diverse place they need a diverse workforce to be in touch with the realities of people's lives. No, to, to, to emphasize your point on two levels. One is not only do you have a diversity of opinions so that you can look at a problem with a different lens and then try to find that, but it also opens up the possibility of other markets and other spaces yeah, that you wouldn't right. think about going into that's because right. you only saw the world from, from one. That's from right. that's right. 
That's right. So look, man, as we close out, I want to try to have some little fun with you, if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, so I'm going to say just a few words. And uh, first, you know, kind of fast, furious, first I'm thing. I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah well, you ain't supposed to be prepared for it. That's the whole point. You're supposed okay. to you know, just kind of stream of conscience, okay? Um, COVID. Sick. <laughs> Montgomery County. Buoyant. <laughs> Yale University. Old fashioned. <laughs> you got your friends from Yale about to send you a bunch of texts. <laughs> Western Maryland. It's beautiful. There you go. Tedco. Oh, wow. Um, Ted. Robust. Oh, wow. Robust. That's a new adjective. We'll have to add that. Have to have Tammy add that to the adjective list. My last one for you. Bow ties. Coming back. Old school. <laughs> That's good. Phil, thank you. I, I enjoyed it. I continue. You, you enrich me. You know, you've, you've enriched. Uh, I've, I've appreciated our times that we've been able to chat and talk and you sent me stuff and I really do appreciate, but I more importantly appreciate your, your, uh, your, your, what you've done for the state and what you've done for the nation. Really do appreciate that. Well, thank you. And thank you for your leadership. And if I could end with a, please, a, a slightly facetious note, which your team <laughs> may edit out. I forgot to mention in terms of the uh, consistency of the organization, you still have the same logo. So, <laughs> And I designed it I, with others. We designed well, there it. There you go. See, I give, how... But I give you permission to change it for the next decade. <laughs> we, we will take that into consideration, but I love it. It, it works for me, so I'm good. Phil, thank you again. I appreciate the time today. And well, to thank audience... you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be, to be part, of your, part of your enterprise. Yeah. So, and uh, your supportive team. Appreciate you. And again, I just want to thank all the uh, listeners. Appreciate you all listening and watching these. Uh, We've gotten some great commentaries, and so we appreciate the folks who have taken the time out to listen to us. Thank you all for your, for your support of TEDCO. This is Troy Lamel Stovall, CEO of TEDCO Talks. See you next time. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening, and a special thank you to our guest, Dr. Phil Sinkerman, for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TEDCO and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd. Com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to Techco Talks.